As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yo, yo, welcome to a post-game edition of the Forum Club. I'm your host, Jovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And they did it again, folks. Uh, the Lakers, uh, not not a fourth consecutive overtime, but a fourth consecutive comeback. Although I think it's at five consecutive comebacks at this point. Uh, but they defeated the Memphis Grizzlies 115 to 105 on Friday night. And the story of this game was the, the comeback nature of this was the most dramatic uh, of the Lakers comebacks. Um, I guess technically the, the Denver game is up there in terms of you know the, the deficit that they had and, and then when factoring in the quality of the opponent. But the Memphis Grizzlies just came out and, and punched the Lakers in the mouth. And they, they took an 11-0 lead. Lakers call timeout. You think they're going to show some sign of life, you know, start to make their comeback. Memphis punches them in the mouth again and takes a 22-2 lead, a 20-point lead in the middle of the first quarter. And by the middle of the first quarter, Lakers had two points. It started one for eight shooting. They call second timeout. And then from that point on, Lakers slowly chip away at the lead, ended up actually taking over the, 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 the lead in the third quarter, at the end of the third quarter, uh, had a 17 point lead toward the end of the game, uh, about midway through the fourth. So th- this was just the ultimate flip the switch game. And it, it feels like we've been saying that every other game at this point. Uh, but but this really was the I think the the starkest example of that because it was just a, a twenty two to two deficit to start the game, which is just you don't you don't even see that from the worst teams in the league, right? Like it's usually a a slow build or or maybe you know it, it's a little competitive, and then you know towards the end of the first, the, the better team goes on a run and has like a 10, 15, maybe even twenty point lead. But it's rare to see a twenty point lead happen that quickly to start a game. I mean, I wrote about this, uh, you know, after the, the the OKC game that if the Lakers kept this up, you know, they were going to have their their hands full with, with a, a tough Memphis team. You know, Memphis is a, you know, a contender to be in that seven to 10 uh, play-in game. They are better than OKC. They're better than Detroit. Uh, you know, not quite at the Denver level, but Memphis is, is feisty. And we, we already saw what, what you know, they, they did in the two Memphis games against the Lakers, like, you know, this is not a, a easy team by any means. So, um, you know, the, the fact that the Lakers were able to, uh, you know, overcome that that deficit and, and really make that up and, and play 
a stellar you know rest of the game ended up outscoring the Grizzlies 69 to 46 in the second half uh you know I, I think it's a testament to how good this team really is and you know I, I feel like we, we've had the same conversation the last four or five games but um you know it, like it, it's tough because it, it's it's hard to glean much right because you know, like the, these extraordinary efforts, it's basketball. It's not like real basketball because it's just like the, the Lakers. It's like they're playing, you know, like lackadaisical for a quarter, quarter and a half. And then they just go balls to the wall, just, you know, going insane for the, the next two and a half quarters. And, you know, that that's not sustainable for a full game. Right. Uh, you know, like few teams play at that level for 48 minutes, but you, you want to see it more consistently and, and more more of a from start to finish like okay we, we might have a, a bad couple of possessions we might have a bad couple of minutes but we're always going to be trying we're, we're always going to be giving our best effort and you know for, for laker fans I, I see why they're so frustrated with some of this just because you know it's so clear that the team like when they try they just dominate and, and obliterate people uh and when they don't you know they get down 22 to 2. so i, I guess it depends how you look at it um you know if, if you want to be an optimist you can say, well, when this team turns on the switch, like they could beat anybody and, and you know, blow them. Like, you know, the Denver game, again, if you look at the, the deficit that they had in, in overcoming that, um, you know, they, they were crushing Denver in the minutes that they were winning. Uh, and then, you know, similar to the, the, you know, this Memphis game. Digging into the box score here, uh, LeBron and AD combined for 63 points. It's the third time they've done that this season. It was the second most points they've had this season. Uh, the, the season high was... 65 in Chicago. That was the game that AD had 37, but LeBron also had 28. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. So AD ended up playing... Uh, and, and clarified post game, I think this is important that it is not his Achilles tendon uh, that, that is injured. He said it's something above it, and, and he's not sure what the the medical term for that is. Uh, you know, some people on on, on Twitter were, were throwing suggestions out, uh, so we're not quite sure what Lakers have it listed as right Achilles tendinosis. Uh, I'm not a doctor, so I can't tell you what that is. I can't tell you what the difference between tendinosis and tendinitis. If, if you know. Uh, please let me know on on Twitter, Instagram, and, and reach out and maybe clarify for me because I, I don't really know the difference. Uh, but AD had a, had a big game, 35 points, nine rebounds, 16 to 27 shooting, super efficient. Uh, it didn't feel like he had 35 points. Like if you were just watch the game and, and you asked me who had 35 points, LeBron or AD, I would have said LeBron. Uh, I was surprised to see Davis's uh, final line, but you know, looked good, right? Like I, I think... A little bit of a slow start from him, and and there was I think a few times in the first quarter, first half where he was a bit passive. It was kind of the AD that people have been criticizing, but uh, you know really got his jumper going. And when his jumper is going, he's just unguardable, right? Like I, I think you know aside from like LeBron and and, and KD and, and Kawhi, like AD is right there as when his jumper is falling, like he's just unstoppable. Uh, you know, there's just nothing you could do as a defense. LeBron had 28, 9, and 8. Uh, went on a 7-0 run to close the third, which gave the Lakers the lead and, uh, you know, really kind of swung the momentum of the game d- decidedly. Like, from that point on, the Lakers never trailed. And it was a little bit of a game for, a, you know, a little stretch of the fourth. But 
really the Lakers were, were in control from that point on. So, uh, you know, LeBron has, has done this now multiple times. Like he's usually the catalyst in these runs to really, you know, seal the game. And, you know, some 9 to 15 from him, 9 to 14 from the free throw line. And I think that's important to note. Uh, the Lakers shot 23 of 33 from the free throw line. So only 69.7%. But the 33 free throw attempts ties their season high. And I asked Frank Vogel about that post game, And he just went into, you know, how important free throws are for them. And how, they're, you know, the coaching staff is talking through the players. Like Wes Matthews uh, drew a, a three-shot foul. Uh, on a, a pump fake and, and, you know, jumped into the guy. And Frank was saying that that's something they've been talking to the players about is, you know, drawing more fouls and, and kind of, you know, how how that's part of their identity. And uh, I, I thought you, you saw that tonight where, where LeBron had 14 attempts, Montrez Harrell had 10 attempts, you know, right there at 24. But, uh, you know, I think that was a big part of why the Lakers were able to dictate the pace the rest of the game and, and really mount this comeback because, um, you know, free throws – it slows the game down. You know, you can start to get into a rhythm offensively. It doesn't allow the the opponent to get out in transition. And, you know, Memphis had 18 transition points, a lot of that in the first half. Uh, 29 points off the Lakers, 18 turnovers, you know, a lot of that in the first half. So, you know, I, I think the Lakers did a good job of, um, you know, get, getting Memphis players in foul trouble. You had uh, Jonas Valanciunas, seven, uh, I mean, uh, four fouls, seven fouls at, That'd be a technical. Uh, four fouls. Dylan Brooks, five fouls. Gorgie Jang, four fouls. And then, you know, a, a few other players with three. So, you know, good job for the Lakers in, in being aggressive, attacking the rim, not selling for, settling for jumpers. That, that's what Frank had it really, you know, uh, zeroed in on was like, we don't want to settle for jumpers. You know, we, we want to take threes when, when we're open, when it's a good shot, but we want to live in the paint. We, we, we want to live in the rim. Um, you know, we want to be putting that pressure on defenses. And I, I thought they did that tonight. So uh, Dennis Schroeder had a weird game. Uh, he had four fouls dealing with John Morant, uh, only two points on one of four shootings. So that kind of snaps that streak that he had been on of, of like, you know, 15 plus games. I, I don't know the exact number, but he, he was, he'd been playing really well offensively. This was kind of an off game for him. KCP continues to struggle one for two shooting in, in 20 minutes. Um, he's just gone completely MIA. Uh, offensively and um, has, has not been playing well. Off the bench, Kyle Kuzma w- was the other story of this game. 20 points, 10 rebounds, five offensive rebounds uh, in 32 minutes. Kuz ended up playing the third most minutes and he deserved it. You know, Kuz has been balling right now. Like Kuz is playing at a very high level, con- contributing in, in multiple facets. Like the only blemish you can you can say on his night was the two of eight three-point shooting. You take that away and uh, he, he was... Actually, six for six uh, in in terms of uh, two point shots, uh, but you know, again, five offensive rebounds, a steal was a plus twenty one, uh, the second best number on the team behind plus minus King Alex Caruso, who's a plus twenty four. Uh, but but an, another great game for Kuz and, and just has stepped up and, and been invaluable over this stretch. Uh, Montrose Harrell only played sixteen minutes. Uh, did not have a foul, so it wasn't a foul trouble thing, but had 14.7 rebounds. Um, did end up leaving the game early, and I, I think that's that's partially why. Like Had had he not left the game, he, he had a collision with Kuzma, um, it ended up, uh, I, I believe that was it. It was in the third quarter, I want to say. I don't remember the exact time. Uh, I still think Trez was on pace to playing in the low 20s had that not happened. Uh, post-game, Frank said that, 
uh, Trez w- passed the concussion test. He was able to return, but they, they just, you know, didn't end up doing that. Uh, Wes Matthews w- became the, the, the 10th guy in the rotation. Actually, really the ninth guy pushing Taylor Horton Tucker to just six minutes. Uh, I asked Frank pregame how he was going to approach the rotation, right? Because I, I, you know, that's a question I keep getting asked. It's a, it's a question I was interested in because Lakers started with a 10 and a half, 11 man rotation to start the year. They cut it down to nine um, going into that Boston game. It works. They go 4-0 over the next four games. AD and Alex go down. They now shift to Keefe and and Wes back in the rotation, but also in a nine-man rotation. And with Alex and AD returning, I was like, you know, are you going to stick with the the original nine? Are you going to go back to 11? Are you going to split the difference and go with 10? Like, how do you view that dynamic? And he said pregame that, he was going to go with 10 guys and that Wes had earned a spot in the 10-man rotation and that Keith was the, the the guy on the outside looking in. And it ended up actually being, again, Talon, who was the guy only played six minutes, was a minus six in his six minutes and 0 for 2 from the floor, um, you know, missed a couple shots in the paint. And yeah, so I guess, you know, this kind of reflects more of the dynamic at the beginning of the season. You know, the first like 15 or so games where Talon was the, the I guess, 11th man technically uh, for, for most of the time, uh, but but ended up being the 10th guy tonight. Uh, Markeith did not play. And Alex did his, his, his thing, you know, six assists, two steals, uh, you know, was leading the fast breaks. And, and, you know, that's where a lot of those assists came. Uh, Lakers on the night had 58 points in the paint, 23 fast break points. So... The Lakers are now on a seven-game winning streak. It doesn't feel like it. This has been an ugly, weird seven-game win streak. Uh, but a seven-game win streak is a seven-game win streak. And, and they've they've padded their home record. Uh, again, they're now 9-4 and four at home, 12-2 uh, and two on the road. They're going on the road for an important game, in my opinion, uh, Sunday in Denver. Um, it's important for a variety of reasons. You know, Denver is... A team that's been struggling to start the year. So there, there's an element of if you can give them another loss, especially at home, you know, that that helps you, that that pushes them, you know, down the standings, um, it, you know, potentially puts them in an unfavorable matchup, you know, against like the Clippers or the Jazz in the first round or even the Suns. And, and you know, you want those teams to play each other, beat up on each other uh, if you're the Lakers. I also think it's important for the MVP race because right now, um, you know, the, the MVP race, depending on how you view it, could be five people, six people, uh, could be three people. And if it's three people and, and you're more of, I want a, a smaller candidate pool, I think it's LeBron, Nikola Jokic, and, and Joel Embiid. So for LeBron's MVP candidacy, which I've written about, I've talked about on this podcast, um, you know, t- to me, he's the front runner. I, I just think he has so many things in his favor. Best player in the league, best player on the best team. Uh, you know, regardless of record, I, I think that the Lakers are a better team than the Jazz. I, I think if you surveyed most of the league, most of the, the league would agree with that. So I think he, he's got that. And then the narrative of, you know, a 36-year-old in year 18 winning MVP and putting up MVP caliber numbers. Like this isn't a, a charity. Um, you know, he, he might not have the ex- advanced metrics or the, the same level of, uh, of advanced uh, advanced numbers as Jokic and Embiid in, in, in certain instances, but um, you know he, he is the leader in RPM uh, heading into tonight. I, I assume he will retain that. Uh, that that's ESPN's metric, and 
he's right there. Like, it's not like LeBron is, I mean, he's top 10 in, in you know, all those metrics, um, if not top five. And, it, you know, it's not like he's 30 something and it's just like, oh, just give it to LeBron. Like, no, he, he's up there. Um, you know, they, they might be a little bit ahead of him, but his team's ahead of them in the standings. And I think that matters. Like, I, I think, look, I love analytics. I am pro analytics. I've been pro analytics. So I'm, I'm not going to say anything against them. Um, and, you know, I, I, I use a lot of data. In my, if you read my writing, even if you listen to this podcast, like I, I will reference different things. So I'm not against that at all. But I also think at the end of the day, like, you know, winning matters and, and seeding matters and winning and seeding matters, you know, w- with the MVP historically, like not always, it's not always the best player on the best team. It's not always the one seed, but it, it does factor in to some extent. So the fact that, Denver is barely hovering above 500. Um, you know, I, I think that works against Jokic. And the, the fact that, you know, Philly has a little bit of a worse record uh, in an easier conference, I think that works against Embiid. And LeBron's played every game. You know, Embiid's missed a few games. I, I know that's not all his fault, uh, but it, it's just when you look at the minutes, when you look at the games played, like all that stuff matters at the end of the day. And now we are. Uh, what, a third of the way into the season. So it, it is too early to declare an MVP winner. But I think if LeBron goes up 2-0 on the season series against Nikola Jokic, like when you're having that LeBron, you know, Jokic debate, that's an advantage for LeBron in the head-to-head matchup. So I'm interested in, in what's going to happen on Sunday. I don't think the Lakers are going to be able to, to pull off this magic on the road in Denver. Um, you know, Denver is historically a very good home team and, and you know, a very tough place to play. Uh, you know, fans or not, you still got to deal with the altitude. So I think that that's one of the exciting matchups. I guess the most exciting matchup of this week, you know, heading into next week, you got Brooklyn, Miami. Uh, but yeah, so I think that that's the thing to watch this weekend. Game's on Valentine's Day. So uh, for all you with significant others, you're going to have to, <laughs> you're going to have to either miss the game or uh, make some earlier plans. Uh, I, I myself had to shift my plans around because of the game on Sunday night. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that that does it for tonight. That does it for tonight's game. Uh, no Q&A section uh, tonight, but we will be back with the regular format on, uh, on Sunday night after the Denver game, which is a pretty big one. So um, yeah, uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, if you have not read my mailbag, it just went up today on, on, on Friday. Uh, so check that out. I, I go into some of this stuff. I, I go into... 80s health. I, I go into the rotation. I, I go into um, the, the center position, rim protection, different stuff. Markeith Morris. Uh, I, I got asked the question if he's overrated, and I, I kind of laid out the case of why I think he, he's. It, it depends how you look at him, and I, I think some people are overrating him. I think some people are underrating him. It really just depends on um, how you view a certain aspect of his game, which the answer is in the mailbag. But. Um, yeah, if you have not subscribed to The Athletic, you could do so at theathletic.com. You could do so off of my Twitter feed. If you have not subscribed to this podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, um, The Athletic as well. So thank you guys for listening on this Friday night, now Saturday morning. Uh, I will talk to you Sunday evening. Uh, enjoy your Valentine's Days. Have fun. Be safe. Talk to you then.